Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, everybody. In today's episode, it's Benji and I, I almost forgot his name, and I messed up this intro. What is going on today? Let me try that again. Welcome back to Love, Life, Oh my goodness. It's only getting worse. Just keep on moving, man. I'm just going to keep on moving on, man. Today's episode, Benji and I are talking about time and time allocation. Uh, it's something that, you know, we hear is our most precious resource on this physical plane is time and space but time allows us so many things but only if we use it well and if we invest our time well we get so much dividends on on our investment but to be honest most of us waste far too much time than we'd like to admit on things that don't matter and that's an investment that um, not only is a waste of that immediate resource of time but the compounded feeling of wasting your time is that you're disappointing yourself and there's a lot of negatives so to learn how to take control of your time to create systems so that you use your time for the things that you believe are important we get into that today and i think it's actually a very important conversation that i want to have with you so please join me and i'll see you in this podcast episode Hi, Benji. Hi, Andrew. How are you? Hey, friend. Let's How are you, Kuya? Good to see you, I feel like we're very aggressive out of, the, out of the gate, typically. So let's just start out friendly, and then we can move from there. Move okay, on. Okay, Kuya. Thank you, Kuya. Ate, my ate. Benji's my ate, everybody. Good morning. <laughs> I was in, a, uh, in Korea. We were going in Incheon, Sammy and I were at a lounge at the airport. And then we went to the front desk at the lounge and there was a, a woman and she was saying, good morning, how are you? And then Sammy's like, you're a Filipino, aren't you? <laughs> like, <laughs> and she was like, how did you know? And she's like, he goes, anyways, it's just funny, Sammy moment. So we have a Filipino chapter. We love the Philippines. The Philippines is actually... I'm really excited about that chapter. A lot of good things are going to happen. I can see it and I can feel it. But one unresolved bit of resentment I have against the nation of the Philippines mm. is that every time I call a big company in America like T-Mobile or somebody like that, they always send me to a worker in the Philippines and they always call me ma'am <laughs> they always oh think i'm God. a woman every single time and so and i for some reason just can't tell them i'm i'm a man man you know uh so i just go with it every time i just go with it but yeah it's very uncomfortable because they can clearly see my name is andrew and i don't know if i but it's like no other nation like when i there's representatives in india or South America or something, they never mistake me for a woman. It's only Filipino yeah. call center people that think I'm a, huh. I'm a woman. So. I'm going to go ahead and our listeners can correct me here. They can research it. But I, I'm pretty sure love is a woman's name in Tagala or in, in the Philippines. So that yeah, but Andrew isn't. That's not my first know, name. Isn't maybe love. people are like, maybe his last name is Andrew. Because it sounds like a last name. I'm just saying. Throwing it out there. Well, stop just saying. 
Stop excusing this behavior. All right, everybody. I'm sorry. I said we would start out gently, and then I... <laughs> it's just a deep, deep pain in my heart that nobody accepts that I'm a man. So let's get into time, because we only have a certain amount of time on this podcast. But um, this is something that has been hitting me harder and harder is... Um, and it really impacts our world and our work in High Noon, this idea that when people are scrolling endlessly, the amount of time that they've invested into nothingness, into wasting time, um, is usually not that painful or scary to people for some reason. Because maybe we're so used to wasting time, I'm not sure, but it doesn't land as much as other things but if you were to really take time seriously that it's a finite resource that we have and i was even last night having this this feeling of like man this is really only the life we only get one life like and i could feel it it's such a trite thing to say it's like man you got you only get one shot at this life man right but when you actually let that sink in a little bit all these moments like I, 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 we're not having any more kids. We, three is our max. We, we recognized our max. And a lot of people aren't happy with that, especially in our movement, because our movement believes in reproducing a lot. Uh, but three is like, that's our limit. We can really feel it very acutely. And we're, we're happy. We're really happy with three. It's challenging, but it's fun. Um, but now that our youngest is five, there's so many things that I'm never going to experience again in terms of like no more diapers, no more breastfeeding, all this stuff. Like that, that phase of our marriage is ultimately over. And so now I'm really watching this youngest being like all the little cute things that he does now, it's like the last time I'm going to experience that until I'm a grandparent. You know what I mean? And so those kind of things are definitely, those, those moments, those realizations, when they land in you, you see the preciousness of time, the nuance of the beauty of time, and that you're throwing it all away when you're just staring at your phone, wasting your life, trying to live through other people. And it's something I just wanted to address because it's such an obvious... It's part of this equation, you know, it's such an obvious problem, and yet we don't see it as a problem so much until it's way too late, typically. There are some serious underlying questions that we have to ask about this, right? Because if you ask, if you look at the average phone use, just to your example, yeah, in our circle of people, it's probably between an hour of two hours a day, that's kind of more conservative, like an estimate. The official statistic is four hours a day on our phones, right? But that's a, that's a part-time job. Think about <laughs> it. Four hours a day is a part-time job. But that's on the kind of overall, like overarching standard in maybe in America or probably anywhere in the world actually. But in our circles, it's like one hour, two hours a day. That's still a significant amount of time if you consider the things that you could do if you just simply eliminated that. And actually, Andrew, like th- just this month, I started doing an absolute no media detox at, at the end of December. And I've been doing it since then. And it's like, 
it's amazing because the only thing I can do right now on my phone, I'm here bragging. The only thing I can do right now is journal in my notes app or ask questions to ChatGPT. There's literally two things I can do. I can't even go to websites because I've blocked everything because I don't want it, right? Of course, if I wanted to or needed to, I could. But there's no YouTube, there's no Instagram, there's nothing. And that's it's my decision. It's, it's a me thing. But it's been so liberating because the only thing I do with my phone and my time is I journal and I ask questions to myself. And I try to uncover big answers to important questions. Because we were just in, on vacation for at the ocean uh, with my family and I had no access to anything on my phone. So what was I doing the whole time? It was journaling, you know, either with my physical journal or with my apps in my, in my phone, my, my notes apps. And so it was like a really big realization that when you remove the constraint of mindless wasting of time, I mean, honestly wasting, and we justify it and saying, oh, it's educational. It's like, yeah, like 1% of it's educational. <laughs> but we actually remove the mindlessness and be more mindful. It's incredible how much advantage we have in life, you know. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's like a scary notion to somebody is, what if, what if all I could do is journal? <laughs> Even, uh, yeah. yeah, so if you were to reclaim all this time that you're spending, these, these weekly reports that your phones give about how much time you're on your phone, pretty shocking, but again, it's an interesting figure to unpack because on our phones, we now bank, we do banking, we listen to uh, books, right? We do all sorts of stuff. We're on WhatsApp, maybe. We do FaceTiming with different people. So yeah. it doesn't necessarily equate to wasting time necessarily, but for the most part, it is just wasting time. And when you go into those reports, it actually tells you by app which app you've been using for how long that week. And I mean, I don't want to, I didn't want to create this episode to make anybody feel bad. I just wanted to like stop long enough to process the fact that time is really finite and it's something that you can't even feel on an emotional level or let it sink in unless you stop, stop and ponder about time. And look at the passage of time. Like, start thinking about my, my dad is here. He's visiting. And he and I were talking about old stuff, stuff in the past. And he started bringing up my high school. And I realized I haven't even seen my high school. I haven't been inside my high school in over 20 years, I think. Something like that. And it seems like it's a, it doesn't, didn't even happen. And that's high school, you know what I mean? Like, it's been so long, and I feel so far removed that it was half a life ago. And uh, all those people, I, I don't really talk to many of them, and it, it's like, it's all gone. I'm like, oh my God, I'm never going to be in high school. I'm never going to be in school again. Like, <laughs> it's crazy to think, but it all happens really fast. We are all those kids who are like, I'm never going to get old. And then guess what? Now I'm like middle age, maybe, I don't know. We don't know how long we're gonna last, but I'm kind of middle age and it, uh, and now I have kids and everybody who's listening, if you're single, you're gonna one day most likely, uh, you know, no pressure, 
but typically people who listen to our podcast are on the track to the blessing which is marriage and part of the blessing is having kids and all this and it's this beautiful cycle of life but to be honest there's a part of this that i think comes from the west we fear death a lot more in the west and we fear getting old a lot getting old is a disease in the west that there's even now biohackers that say that most death is a disease you know and people want to live forever they want to biohack their way to infinity right but in the east out here growing old just is like yeah you get old and then you lose teeth and then you're just a happy old person who sits on the corner a lot of hammocks i'm in vietnam right a lot of hammocks i'm noticing around here people just chilling um so they're not really they don't look so scared about being old and they're not like wearing skinny jeans at 70 over here in this part of the world they do i would say the the east (laughs) minus japan and korea yeah yeah maybe (laughs) but uh they're they're afraid of getting old generally this idea of even the the notion of forever 21 um that store is that 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 statement of like i want to somehow preserve my youth forever is a disease to me of the mind that you can't just allow time to happen with you and for you and it seems like it's a disease that's happening to you and you have to fight it at all costs and get any surgery necessary to stay young and to i don't know stay hip you know i I, i'm gonna sound like an old person saying this but definitely when i was a kid little kids were kids and then when you were kind of i don't know high school and college that's when you became cool and then old people were old people so old people dressed like old people like dads were wearing collared shirts and they would tuck those puppies in on saturdays like your shirt was tucked in seven days a week when you're a dad and you had sweaters for fall season that you'd wear over your collared shirt like it was like that was dad wear and then kids had just kid clothing and then you could develop some sense of fashion later, like when you're a young adult, kind of. But now little kids' clothes look like older kids' clothes. They have cool kids' clothes. Like, you weren't a cool kid when you were a kid. You were just a kid. And now old people dress like they're young people, and all the ages are kind of mixed in together. And I all think, honestly, it's because we just... Uh, all Our ages are all mixed up. You want to relive your youth when you're older, when you're younger, you want to become older than you are. And it's just never the acceptance of where you're at and appreciating. I'm at this stage. I'm going to live like this, like crazy until this stage is done. And then we're going to live the next phase of my life like crazy, which is a lot more natural. You know what I mean? Hmm. Jerry Servito, Uncle Jerry, as we call him, had a great unification thought talk about it, and it's similar to the Hindu perspective of that there are certain life phases, that there are quarters of life. The first 25 years are like this, second 25, like third, fourth, if you make it that long. And the first 25 years is like just inheriting, just learning as much as you can from as many good mentors. And then the second 25 is applying and building. And then the third is like, it's kind of enjoying the fruits of all your labor when you're like, you know, 50 to 75. And then 75 to 100, again, you know, just the third, the fourth quarter of your life is about passing off all your wisdom to the next generation. Like there's cycles of life that, and that's really inspiring to me. 
because you just focus on that phase. But now again, like I said, everything seems like this jumbled mess. And we're all trying to escape the phase that we're in. Little kids are really desperate to become older and they're watching porn, you know, at a younger and younger age, which is exposing them to the horrors of kind of dysfunctional adults. And adults, if you look at all Will Ferrell movies in the 2000s, they were all about a, an, a man who's acting like a boy. And if you look at our culture, that's what men act like as comedians. And if you look at all celebrities, they all date way younger women, right? And it's like this, they, they like Leo, do you know that Leonardo DiCaprio thing mm-hmm. where he breaks up with women after they reach a certain age? I think he's like 25 or something. Regardless of how he's in his 50s now, but he won't date women past a certain age. And if he dates them for a while and they reach a certain age, he just dumps them. So he has like a specific type. They're blonde, blue-eyed, and they have to be a certain age. And he just won't grow up, you know, probably because that was the best time of his life. And he just wants to try to relive that instead of just being like, hey, I'm 50. I should probably have a 50-year-old wife. He refuses to. He's like, I'm going to just cash in this woman get another one like an iPhone, right? So whatever, I, I, uh, this whole thing of time, I think, first of all, on, on our experience of time is jumbled up because we haven't been able to be kids for long enough. And so we act like kids for longer than we should. Kid, people aren't moving out of their house until they're like 30 now, right? My grandma had a job when she was nine or something, nine or 10. Wow. Now people... They, you know, just live in their parents' basements till they're 30. Yeah. Right? And even like I'm they pregnant. found that the brain doesn't develop now. It used to develop in the early 20s and now it's late 20s because you just don't need your prefrontal cortex. You don't need good judgment until you're 30 now. You can just be a complete you, yeah. <laughs> baby. Have you seen photos of older people? Like people that lived a long time ago in the 50s and 40s and 20s. Yeah, like smoking in overalls when they were nine. Everyone's <laughs> in overalls and top hats and yeah. the teenagers look like they're 30. It's interesting. It's very interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not to kind of, I don't know, romanticize the past because they, they had some difficult stuff that they were dealing with. There's a lot of alcoholism back then, a lot of abuse and all that. But you're allowed to be a kid for longer. And out here, it's actually, the kids are really pure out here in Vietnam. I'm very surprised. You just walk and they look at you and they say, hi, when they're teenagers. Like I saw a group of high schooler kids. They walked by me and they all smiled and said, hi. I was like, what is, what is like, you know, that only happens in movies when it's a horror movie, right? When it's some creepy town where everybody's a robot or an alien or something. But this actually, somehow youth is preserved here and old age is preserved here. I see that. And mm. yeah. It My seemed to be this test to see yeah. how I guess mentally stable a country or culture is is do the teenagers give any attention to children? Mm. Like to my kids. Yeah. And if they treat them as if they're dogs or like just completely ignore my kids, then it's like their priorities are elsewhere. Their their minds are elsewhere. But in some cultures yeah, yeah. they're like They'll come to your kids, say hi, play with your little baby, you know. To me, that's yeah. a sign of a healthy society, you know. Case in point, yesterday we went to the fruit market and some teenage girl just walked up to my kids and tried to give them apples. And my kids, because they grew up in America, they're like, no, thank you. 
It's like, take the apple. And she's giving you an offering. They're, they're kind of trained, don't take things from strangers, right? Mm. But uh, yeah, no, that honestly, like whatever phase of life you're, you're at, right? If you're, if you're a single young adult, chances are you're just chomping at the bit to get blessed or to have, be in a relationship, to be in love. And you're, chances are you're not fully appreciating the idea of being single, because that is also a phase of life that is very precious to get to know yourself, to spend time with yourself. Very few people date themselves. Like this is not just advice from a book. I I did that once in my life. I went through this phase where I, I had a really difficult season of my life. I had the best summer of my life and then the worst fall and winter of my life where I was just extremely depressed. And then that subsequent spring, I refused to hang out with anybody that I knew or do anything that I did. And I just went into this scary place where I would date myself and I would do all these things. I'd go to concerts by myself, music shows by myself. I'd show up and I'd just be like, yeah, I'm here by myself. I'd go to movies by myself. I'd do all this. I'm also still hanging out with friends, you know, every so often, but really spending time with myself. And that was a foundation for so many big events to happen in the next year or two. That's what got me to America and doing all these things. But when you're a single, to not try to run away from being single. In kind of modern secular society, people are always running away from being single because they're just dating from one person to the next to the next because they don't, because it seems like if you're single, there's something wrong with you, right? If you're not dating, people are like, oh, you got to get it back out there. You got to get back out there on the field. You got to play the field. You got to find, you got to catch that fish, whatever. Uh, yeah, and even even in our faith community, if people are a certain age, it's like, why aren't you matched? Why aren't you blessed, right? Yeah. But like you're saying, there's some beauty to experiencing, to being whole individually, right? We talk about first blessing. Yeah. Sexual yeah. integrity, being whole individually so that you can bring that whole person into the other half of God and you guys could be the male and female. And yeah. so there is beauty to being that. I never really experienced it, to be honest, because I was blessed when I was 18. You were blessed um, when you were like six years old or something, right? I don't know. I don't know if I've experienced dating myself. Maybe I'm doing that now more and more. It's like something that will come over time. I sure. Know. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, to, to the point of time, it's fulfilling the purpose of that time of your life. So there's time in phases and then there's time like hours and a clock. And mm -hmm. it's hard to imagine, honestly, if you, very few people, if any, have joined High Noon because they're, they fear that they're wasting their time and that time is a finite resource because in spirit world, you don't get that time back. Because that's a notion that, is really hard to connect with. It's very, you know, esoteric. It's, it's very abstract. Um, but Hey, just a quick interruption to tell you about the 40 day high noon challenge. If you're trying to find a way to start living a high noon life today with no shadows and create a radiant blessing, then this simple challenge is for you. We will send you daily lessons from our team that will keep you motivated on your journey. It's totally free guys. And you'll get constant content directly to you. Just sign up today at highnoon.org slash challenge. The more you go down this road and reclaim your time, you realize I was giving away the most precious resource of my life to 
nothing. I was getting nothing in return. For, imagine you're given a billion dollars and every day you would just give away $10 million to nothing. You'd spend $10 million on junk food and just useless crap. Are the arcade. Imagine you heard a story about somebody who spent $10 million a day at the arcade. You'd be like, you're crazy. Well, people are spending 10 hours a day on their phones watching TikTok or whatever. That's even more precious than money. And we're spending even more time wasting it without any sense of maybe there's a, maybe I shouldn't, right? Just because that's what's normal to us at this phase in humanity. But it's a real disease and it's a sickness that's honestly going to get worse before it gets better because VR and all that, there's this, you and I are recording right now on our computers, right? We're constantly even now doing our work on our phones or our computers. We're just on devices all the time. But to unplug from that is more essential than ever so that you can get, get a grip on time, you know? I've been thinking about time in the sense of attention and priorities, because if you ask anyone listening to this, is time a valuable asset, one of the most valuable assets? Almost everyone will say yes, right? It's, it's sure. finite. Everyone has the same amount of time in the day, in the month, in the year. But at the same time, it's not allocated in a way that is productive or placed on priorities in our lives. So when I say priorities, for example, we, we say like, oh, my three priorities are, you know, what, whatever, God, my, my relationship with my wife, my kids, you know, just random examples. But if it was really a priority, those things would, have the, would take up the most amount of time and attention and focus of us. So actually our priorities are dictated in, in more part to what we place our attention on. Yeah. Because if you spend a lot of your time and attention on sexual fantasy, on porn, on scrolling through whatever doom scrolling it means that fundamentally a big priority for us is is trying to resolve some unsettled thing does that make sense it's like a hint it's feedback that there's something that needs our attention and needs our focus and a priority but we're not dealing with that in a productive way and so as a byproduct it's being our attention is being siphoned from us and used towards something that's destructive and not very productive. And so I think it's a really helpful exercise for all of us to be like, okay, what is really the most important thing in my life? Like thinking North Star, for example. What's really priority, number one, number two, number three? Am I act adequately giving the amount of time that I want to those things? Because it is a finite resource. Yeah. And it's like, it's interesting because we all know that. We know the things that are important to us, but at the same time, the thing that does take up our time and attention is stuff that doesn't matter. And we don't ask ourselves the questions that really do matter, which is like, what do I want to use my time for? <laughs> what do I want to use my sex drive for? It's surprising how few, we act, few times in a day we ask ourselves that. What yeah. do I want to do with my time? And so the default is just whatever it, you know, gives us the immediate gratification, you know? Yeah. And so if we have a decision between, okay, I'm going to, you know, connect with somebody, I'm going to take care of my kids, love my wife, spouse, whatever, or I'm going to go on social media. The social media option is instant gratification because we know we will feel something from that. The other options are pretty long-term. And so we don't see a, an immediate, usually an immediate gratification or re reward from those things. But 
I believe like in my life, I've tried to train myself and my brain to see reward in those things as much as possible. Like journaling, I talk about journaling because I stand, I stand by it. When I journal something, I know subconsciously that I will feel a lot better and I will have immediate reward for that, you know? And so mm-hmm. I do that as my default activity when I'm feeling default, difficult stuff. It's like, I know if I journal or if I talk to somebody about this issue, I'll feel so much better immediately. And so that's like my default subconscious activity that I'll go to. And I know that if I go to my phone, I will feel good for a second, but, but I will immediately be followed by feelings of just like, what did I just do? Sure. You know, like this is not helpful. So I think that priorities are important and, and we all know that, but we don't place the adequate amount of priority and time to be allocated to the things that actually do matter to us. Yeah, it's a clear formula, right? Look at your schedule and how you use your time. And is it congruent with the things that you believe are important? Um, Because it should. Hey, this is important to me, so okay, I'm going to spend time and energy on that. Uh, And it doesn't doesn't add up for most people, right? They Mm. think that they value this thing with their hopes and their dreams, but they are actually putting their time and energy elsewhere. So they're valuing that thing, right? That's what I used to give that talk a lot and I didn't have a solid example for it. I just knew it was true was the idea that porn is our church because it's our form of worship. That's where you give your time and energy and attention. Um, But that's really, if you could view it through the lens of time being our most precious resource, you're actually giving your, your, putting it in your hands and you're giving it to your phones. And so it's your, your, that's your, your, you're willfully handing over your time to something that you know is not giving you anything back really substantially in return, especially when we're talking about porn, you know, it's not only not giving you productive things back, it's giving you misery back. So somebody knocks on your door, they're like, Hey, how's it going, sir? And you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing great. And he's like, oh, I got a great idea. How about you give me $100 and I punch you in the face? And you're like, I don't think that's a good idea. I think that's actually a bad deal. And they're like, no, sir, I promise you it's a great idea. Just give me 100 bucks. just punch you in the face. I'll throw you in a kick in the nuts for free. And you're like, eh, that sounds even worse, actually. <laughs> but that's what porn is. Porn is like, hey, give me three hours of your time and I'll make you feel like the worst person in the world. And they're like, hmm. For years. Sounds actually pretty good. Yeah, let me, yeah. Uh, let me sign up for Constant. that. Constant kicking the yeah. for decades. Can you also just uh, promise to maybe get me in trouble with the law? Is that possible too? Um, can I be judged by friends and family? Is that is that? Can you throw that in? Let me negotiate. So, yeah, the the time thing is like we are handing over our time, our most precious resource, to this thing that takes it, ravages that time, and then hands us back misery just sheer straight unfiltered misery so worth looking at but the conversely to talk about the positive stuff to honestly what you're doing benji in the journaling is you're stopping to be present all religions point back to the importance of presence of mind presence just like Mm -hmm. stopping and acknowledging like the state of gratitude is just stopping long enough to be like i'm alive and that's such an amazing thing and 
to say that is so easy to write a sermon about it super easy so many quotes that you could pull from from any you know biblical text or from instagram or some great from albert einstein once said right all this stuff so easy to say but then so hard to feel deeply and that's what i'm saying is i don't know if it's because i'm just taking more time to prioritize it myself but it's hitting me harder and harder lately that i'm structuring my days much more to check in with myself and with the other people in my life because that's how i want my time to be spent is letting them know that i love them and experiencing love with them and with myself and with god too even most days in the past my prayers would be out of kind of obligation uh, or like a sense of I know I should but not out of hey how are you doing heavenly parent I miss you can we spend some time together can you tell me something I don't know like is it possible I have this question like hey papa like that kind of feeling hey dad I have a question for you do you mind fielding this question he's like yeah sure son what do you want that's what experiencing Heavenly Parent is meant to be like that. You're just steeped in the love of Heavenly Parent. Sitting in the lap. I don't know if you remember when you were a kid, but sitting in Santa's lap was just like, this is, this is it. This is, <laughs> that's what we're meant to experience with Heavenly Parent. Is a prayer is meant to be, you're just really one with the creator of all this. And honestly, also in the past month, I told my kids this the other day that I, cannot picture what heavenly parent looks like because that's the whole point there is no what heavenly parent looks like we are the, meant to be the image of god but if i'm speaking to nothing it feels like i'm speaking to nothing so i have to have something in my mind something in my heart that i'm communicating with them for some reason i have a very clear image of like a a constellation kind of like a galaxy or a series of galaxies in the the physical universe that is like an open hole with many colors and it doesn't move it's not like a mouth that talks but it's just like this beautiful cluster of stars and and colors and stuff yeah. that just sits there and yeah. hears me out and it's the portal between myself and heavenly parent and it's something that i've just been prioritizing you know using my time for that and i'm getting back a sense of familiarity um, so yeah, the last thing I wanted to say was just, if you're wasting time and it doesn't bother you, it's because you're familiar with the act of wasting time and it doesn't, it doesn't seem abnormal. It's just so normal that it doesn't feel wrong, right? Uh, whereas if you spend more time to get, like in, in that situation, you're wasting time and that feels normal, praying feels abnormal and difficult. And so in order to make the inverse where it feels weird to waste time and it feels normal to spend time with God or using your time productively, it's just practicing, just allocating your time, doing the things that you want to do until it feels normal. Yeah. Right? I'm glad. And I'm so happy to hear your version of God. It's so interesting. <laughs> I you're need so something. You're, yeah. You're so... I, can I share a God experience I had recently that I think listeners will enjoy some of Please. you guys uh i was looking at the stars at the ocean this weekend because we were at the beach like i said and the stars are everywhere in the outer banks north carolina dark skies everywhere and i don't see this often but i was looking at the stars and i was like how close is the closest star so i did i went down this rabbit hole asking chat questions because that's all i can do on my phone 
The closest star besides the sun is four light years away, almost six trillion miles, okay? And there are tons, tons of stars, right? So the closest star is six trillion miles away, and we can see it from our, with our bare eyes. And I was like, that's incredible. First of all, there's no, there's no like reason we need to be able to see stars. You know what I'm saying? Like everything on earth, scientists will justify and say like, oh, it's because of evolution, right? There's no reason we need star. Like there's no, there's nothing between us and the star. And that's why we can see it. It's just light beaming at us from trillions of miles away, light years away. And we can see them. And I was thinking about this. It was like, why can we see stars? And what's the purpose of this? And my only conclusion was like, God just wants to remind us that we're loved. Mm. That's it. It's yeah. unconditional. There's no reason. And when I, when I felt that, I was like, that's it. It's a reminder. Hey, you're loved. There's no reason. You don't need stars. Mm. Most of the time, we operate without stars, right? Dark skies. Sometimes you'll get cloudy skies. But we can see them with our naked eyes. And I was like, this is crazy. So that like inspires me. I know a lot of people don't think about this with stars. When I see a star, I'm just like, that's amazing that I can see something four light years away. <laughs> mm. Still blows my mind. Yeah, it should. Yeah. And it, again, only, only possible if you're not on your phone and looking up at the stars and, and allowing like, so when I'm reading about you know, different stuff and about the ego. And one crazy thing that I, I never really understood is that it's actually the ego that tries to discount majesty and mm. stupendousness and like the, the grandeur of life itself. And to make something special, our ego wants to be like, oh, it's not that big a deal, right? Mm. Because if that's bigger than us, then we're not that big. But if we're like, that's really beautiful and let your move move your ego and and like that is actually really special like you're saying that's a state of childlike wonder and that's what jesus was very clear on that's that's what gets you into heaven is that childlike wonder is what allows you to see that heaven's already here and it's been here we've just been looking like is this all you got god just a world that reproduces life on its own come on you can't do any better and that's why people are like, oh, there's got to be another earth, regardless of like, you know, how much evidence that there is no other earth. They're like, there's yeah. got to be, there's got to be more than this because they can't appreciate this. Everything we need is right in front of us. It's all around us. And allowing yourself the time to absorb that reality is what helps you to feel fulfilled and gratitude. And when you're grateful, you don't want to do stupid stuff. It's when you're needy that you want to do stupid stuff. Interesting. I was talking so to I, kind of intellectual guy. I was like, we were outside in the trampoline with our kids. And then, you know, those helicopter like seeds that come from the sky yeah, and, they yeah, yeah, yeah. and they fly around. And I was like, how is that not God? Like it's just, <laughs> just twirling around like a helicopter and it's flying. And then he was like explaining all the scientific reasons for, it. I was like, just be a kid and just enjoy that freaking thing twirling around yeah yeah and yeah anyway so in terms of time everybody you know like benji was saying i think it's a great practice to do a time inventory look at your phones look at the reports on your phone that's that's your report card for how much you are escaping through your phone every week and ask yourself is that is that okay with you or not well i don't want to tell you that's that's up to you right 
Um, but on this journey, are you allocating your time according to where you want to invest your time? Are you getting a good return on that investment? And if not, we recommend making some adjustments because I would say that everybody with a phone in this modern era wastes at least a little bit of time that they could otherwise use for much more productive means. And in most cases, they're wasting a lot of time, a shocking amount of time that accumulates very quickly. And, you know, the stats about Pornhub and billions of hours of, of humanity spent on this website watching miserable people do miserable things to each other is is such a waste of human potential. And if we were more conscious about where we're putting our time and energy and we really expected a return on that investment, then we'd be smart. And I know somebody who in my life uh, is so afraid to leave their house or do anything and I realize that it's just because they've invested so much time in listening to everything that the news says that they don't bother leaving their house to validate whether any of it's actually true. <laughs> now they're too afraid to travel to another country because like, oh, but there might be a war. It's like, come on. Come on, just leave your house. Just do it. Just see what it feels like. But they, they're committed on some subconscious level to giving their time to this little box that tells them that they should just stay put on the couch and never leave. And mm. that's what they do. So... Look at where you're spending your time. Are you getting any return on that investment? And if not, I would highly recommend revising your plan, changing where you put that time, at least little by little, reallocating that time little by little so that you can use the time to enjoy life, enjoy people, enjoy Heavenly Parent, enjoy creation, enjoy the moments where nothing's happening at all. We're so afraid of nothing in this culture. We're afraid of like spending 10 minutes staring at a wall it's like a disease because now we're not being productive that's an american disease is the idea that you're supposed to be productive in some way shape or form 24 7 you know not doing anything sometimes and unwinding is the most productive thing you need to do sometimes right so fitting into and last 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 thing i know i've ranted a lot but i guess i'm getting older it's it's a sign that i'm getting older is that i'm really concerned about time um in terms of, uh, oh, now I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, man. <laughs> Why don't you say something real quick so I can actually think about what I was trying to say? Everyone oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the secret of all those things that you never have time for, put it into your schedule as a priority. I know so many people that are like the only thing in their Google calendar or whatever calendar they use is business stuff. And pleasure or prayer or the stuff that they know they should do never quite makes it into their calendar because they just kind of hope they have time for it. Time is something that you make a reality, right? We're given time, but what we do with that time is what we make of it. So to make time for the things that really matter. So, oh, I haven't spent time with my parents. I'm going to put that into my calendar. Now it's a priority. It has to happen. It's the same thing I did with, with fun stuff. And I mentioned this on the podcast before, you know, putting fun stuff into my budget so that I don't always have guilt trips every time I want to go to a restaurant. No, now I have restaurant funds that I can spend willy nilly. We can go out on one really nice dinner or a few smaller low key dinners or whatever. 
and I don't have to feel guilty. That's prioritizing money for a specific reason intentionally. And same with time. Spending time doing things you care about means putting them into your calendar so they happen. And don't just wish and hope and pray that one day you'll have time to travel, time to, I don't know, just sit and pray and do nothing with God, you know? It's a high, high recommendation is to, to put those important things into your calendar like you would anything else with your business life or with your school life or whatever you're doing. Yeah. I would oh, like to make an official statement, Andrew, as the old guys, you and I, that Andrew and I could beat all of y'all in spike ball and oh. we could beat all of y'all in a handstand competition. Just oh, saying. Yeah. Challenge accepted or not. It's up to you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can people take don't most people and... Yeah. People Except for any of the... Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> no, you go. People don't see us in person. And so if they're just listening, we could be like some two very overweight dad bod dads. But just saying, we're trying to represent Channel Gook here. Mm. And Channel Gook is filled with men that are fit, have their act together, and can brawl with our sons or children if needed, and daughters. Yeah, people who live a long time because they listen to their bodies. Fitness, maybe we can get into that later, is really uh, finding out what your body needs and giving it that, not what your mouth wants, not what your lazy part of you wants, but it doesn't mean abs necessarily or like to have... To have, you know, that, that version of fitness is much more narcissistic and it's about how you look, not how you feel. But um, yeah, for sure. But that's allocation of time. You know, you and I both have gym memberships. I spend a lot of time. We just moved to be closer to the beach so we can spend more time running around on the beach and grounding and doing stuff like that. Um, and it feels great. So time allocation but we got to go i actually turned off all my devices because i'm focusing on you and i realized i am late for a meeting so okay. i gotta go thanks everyone thanks everyone for listening peace to you yeah. and your mothers and your brothers bye peace hey did you know that our team wants to do more events well if you want to bring the high noon message to your community or group then let us know and we'll try to work something out. There's a simple application that you can fill out right now at highnoon.org invite. And one of our team members will get back to you to see what's possible. That's highnoon.org invite. All right, see you in the next episode.